Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Premier Chelsea, your source for all things Premier League, but starting with Chelsea first. Coming to you on your speakers and headsets, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm Jackie from Houston, and we have a little bit of a relocation going on, and we have Rahul coming into us from Jersey. Rahul, how's Jersey today? It's doing well, and it's even better after that 4-0 win I, w- I watched earlier today. Whoa, we're diving right into it. Huh? Let's skip Jersey to the side. We don't care about them right now. Don't care about what Rahul's doing. We want to know what happened in the Champions League, my friend. It's, as much as I'd like to talk about myself, <laughs> um, I think Chelsea have earned uh, the, the discussion to be all about them. That's actually a very good point. And so why don't you take us through the starting 11 and tell us in a few words how Juventus were dismantled. They were dismantled by this team. Uh, Edward Mendy, in, uh, sorry, Edward Mendy in goal. <laughs> uh, Trevor Chalaba maintaining his spot from the weekend. Uh, in fact, Thiago Silva and Rudiger that all played against Leicester stayed in defense. Uh, Reese James and Golo Conte, Jorginho Chilwell also against uh, same uh, midfield from the Leicester game. Uh, Hakim Ziyech coming in for Mason Mount. Uh, Mason Mount, you could say, was dropped uh, because... As we mentioned in the last episode, he wasn't as good as we expect him to be. Hudson Adoy maintaining his spot. Uh, and then due to an injury to Havertz, uh, Christian Pulisic featured as a striker or a false nine. Wow. I mean, that's an interesting front three together. Maybe a front three you and I called for in the previous game, but we'll get to them in just a minute here. The back three, and mainly we'll stick on, on Silva and Chaloba, who get back-to-back games. And now we'll dive deeper into Chaloba. I think, what, 21, 22 years old. Uh, maybe was going out on loan in the beginning of the season. And here he is, two games on the bounce with the most recent one against Juventus. Isn't that something amazing for the young man? Absolutely amazing. It was his Champions League debut, I believe, or at least his home debut. And... Uh, Coming up against an opposition, a European household name uh, that, you know, you'd expect a young man, like you said, 22 years old, to have some nerve, some, um, you know, just nervous energy around him and didn't really see that. And, and that's down to him putting in the performances, building up his confidence, down to the coaching staff, like we've said, supporting him and giving him that confidence. In fact, he featured as the main player uh, in the press conference, and and you were the one to point out that that means he would be playing this game, and and you were right. Yeah, and I honestly didn't think he'd be playing for Aspilicueta at right center back. You've got a whole choice of players there, and so he's putting some pressure on some senior players, and he's sending a message to some of the other ones, like Christensen sitting on the bench, that I've continued my form, the boss is picking me, so maybe you can see a, a... push for maybe game after game after game. I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but <laughs> it's a good option for us to have. And, you know, we talked about the likes of Tamori leaving and, and why did that happen and Mark Wihi leaving and why did that happen? And then you, you look at Chaloba and you wonder, maybe it was a Chelsea masterclass. They got some good money there and they've got a young man here that's looking very, very good. Absolutely. I mean, we sold Zuma, who, um, you know, was a crucial part of this team last season. Uh, we sold him with the expectation that we were going to bring in Jules Conde uh, from Sevilla. That didn't happen uh, partially due to the, the negotiations breaking down, but also because we looked at looked at ourselves internally and said, we have a player here in, in Chaloba that's done everything in preseason, done everything in, in the Super Cup where he made his debut 
uh, for Chelsea and then again in the Premier League against um, Crystal Palace where he gets himself a goal and you're thinking, well, if this kid gets the time, he could really save us 50, 60 million pounds here um, and turn into another graduate from La Cobham. Yeah, definitely so. And Jules, who? I don't want any Jules coming into this club. We've got our own Jules and our crown coming from Column. So we'll stick with that for now, Rahul. Let's talk a little bit more about the starting 11 before we dive into the game. Mason Mount not featured, uh, comes on later on in the second half, of course. But message to Mount maybe coming from Tuchel? 100%. Even though he said in the build-up to the game or right before the game, nothing tactical, more personality and characteristic. Uh, we have the feeling it might suit Hakim a little bit better today. Uh, and we have the option of bringing Mason off the bench. Um, I think it was a, a a subtle hint to Mason to say, I know you've had your issues with, with the, the dental issues and um, missed out for England, kind of spent two weeks or, or a week about at home and then came into training and, and you've kind of lost form. Uh, and I'm taking this opportunity to give Hakim a chance, who's been pretty decent. Um, in the last few weeks and uh, use this as an opportunity, Mason, to to up your performances. You know, the only thing I can say to that is I think Tuchel plays fair. I think he picks the best players based on form and how they're doing week in, week out in game time and training. And then to Mason, who, by the way, I love Mason Mount. I think one of my next jerseys might be a Mason Mount jersey, but at the same time, you don't play football with your tooth, if you know what I mean. So if the tooth is kind of where we're all sitting back and saying Mason's form is because he had a tooth surgery, I think he needs to look at himself. I think he's been off the boil a little bit this season, not necessarily because of the tooth surgery since the season started. We were looking for more goals from him. Yes, we had a hat trick in between with Norwich, but it was Norwich. You're not seeing the the same effectiveness from Mason that we're used to seeing. And so Maybe sitting down on the bench is, is not a bad thing. Like you said, it's it's a little bit of a wake-up call, a little bit of try a little bit harder in training. And then when you do come on, show me the Mason that we saw last season, the guy who assisted in the Champions League final. So that's what we want to see. I don't think it's anything personal. I think Tuchel did this to Callum last year. He's done it to a bunch of other players. And now you see where Callum is, is performing at this point. So hopefully that's all it is. Yeah, and while you were saying that, I... Sorry for making this joke, but I have to. I think Mason's just been a little bit toothless this season. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, and, and you brought, in, brought up Hudson Adoy now being a little serious. He's basically told Tuchel with my performances, you can't drop me. Right. And that, that leaves one spot open on the other side uh, in attack. And it, it's between Ziek, it's between Mason Mount. Uh, if Havertz was fit, it would have been between those three, two and Pulisic. Right. Timo Werner is coming back. So it's really an opportunity for all these guys to to stake a claim like Hudson Odoi has done, like Ben Chilwell has done, like Reese James has done, it, and like Chaloba has done. They've all come in, performed, and added goals to these performances. And it's a long season, so I think we'll see more of these guys as the season goes on and people gain form and lose form. And one more name to talk about before we jump into the game itself. Pulisic, happy to see him playing in that false nine position instead of Havertz today? Yeah, I mean... We don't really have uh, another option. We've been missing a first-choice striker, a second-choice striker, and now Havertz is out. Uh, but good to see Pulisic coming in and doing a pretty good job. I mean, most people say, well, he didn't get a goal. He was quiet. Um, but it's not a position that he plays normally. He was coming up against a defensively solid side. Yes, we put four past them, but Juventus and Italian teams are known for 
the defensive structure. But I think Pulisic did pretty well. He dropped deep, allowed Hudson Odoi to run through, allowed Ziek to run through. Um, and another night, he would have gotten a goal. So no complaints from me. Yeah, that's great analysis. And honestly, those three were very fluid. I saw them popping up all across that front side of the pitch, all over the place. So good to see. But let's complete the full circle of analysis here and come back to Chaloba. We started with him. Uh, he brings us in the first goal, right? He does. And and it wasn't just any goal. It was a knockdown from the corner that falls in his path. And he just whips a foot, a leg at it, and it, it rockets into the net. It was a beautiful volley. Yeah, I have to admit, it was an incredible finish for a center back. When you look at it, you're wondering, was that Hudson? Was that somebody else? And then you see, no, no, it's Chaloba who's smashing that in. A little bit of uh, noise coming from from fans and from the referees and from pundits that there could have been a handball from from Rudiger based on how it played, but uh, nothing comes of it. And again, you take your chances when they're given to you, and this man took the chance really, really well. I must say, Rahul, I was really excited to see his celebration because you could see the joy and passion as he just kind of slid there and then had a moment to himself because it's, to me, it could be unreal at 22 scoring a Champions League goal against Juventus in maybe, what, five or six games in the season. And you're like, this is this is something big. Something amazing is happening this season for him. Absolutely. And he spent, I think last season, he was on loan uh, at Lorient. And so you, you, you think back a year ago, and we spoke about this with Rudiger, you think back a year ago and Yes, some fans may have said Chalaba could be a player that comes in in the future and maybe not immediately next season and maybe not into a team that just won the Champions League. Um, <laughs> and here he is scoring in the Champions League, like you said, against Juventus and um, his debut again for Chelsea in, in that competition. And you, you look at it and you say, this is these are the things that dreams are made of. You, yeah. you absolutely are kind of hoping that you make it into the team in, in a season or two. And here you are scoring in a full packed Stanford bridge against Juventus. So you talk about Juventus, you talk about a young player. There was another young player that scored against Juventus for us many, many seasons ago. Maybe you can compare Chaloba to this name. I, I, I could compare it only because <laughs> it breaks a record that Oscar had, uh, I guess, put in place back in 2012 for being uh, the youngest player to score for Chelsea in the Champions League, uh, which was in 2012. Chalba now today has broken that record because he becomes the youngest player to score for Chelsea in this competition. Both against Juventus. So maybe Juventus don't like our, our young players playing against <laughs> them. But no, look, that's great. Why don't you tell us a little more about the first half? Because I don't think too many more goals went in after that. I mean, it was... It was, again, Chelsea dominating, passing, keeping the ball, doing well. Similar to what we saw in the first game against Juventus, it was all Chelsea. Yes, Juventus had a couple of chances. Uh, Morata himself uh, coming back to the bridge and uh, almost nicking a goal, but up steps the, the teenager, Thiago Silva, <laughs> and, and clears the ball like he's... He's not 37. He's a teenager, yeah. like I just said, because it was so easy. And he he was aware. He knew what he had to do. Yes, he picked up maybe a slight knock while doing that. Uh, but he didn't care. He put the body on the line. He cleared the, the ball. And at that point, you're saying if it goes in, it's 1-1 and it's a whole different game. And he saves that moment. That's the point I was going to make is that you take a knock, you stretch your limbs, you stretch your body, you clear the ball off the line. 
all of that is amazing to see. We get worried about him, but then you, you think about how important or how pivotal that moment is. Yes, Chelsea went on to, to dismantle Juventus, like we've said, but that 1-1 changes the whole perspective of the game, maybe knocks some confidence out of the team. And you and I sitting here, maybe not with the biggest smiles on our face, we could have still won the game. I'm not trying to disrespect Chelsea, but 1-1 then kind of changes the mentality and the mindset, and you may have ended up with a draw. Sometimes go on to lose. That's how football is sometimes. And so to me, that was one of the most pivotal moments of the game, just showing his ability to read it and his determination to get back and see if this ball is not going in my net. Yeah, and, and that's the reading of the game from him. We said it last time around against Vardy, where everyone was expecting Silva to get burnt out because of pace. He reads that game so well. He knows how much space to leave between himself and, and a, a pacey striker. Uh, in this case, he knows Mendy has committed. And so he he shifts back. And, and it brings me back to the likes of Ashley Cole, John Terry, who season after season did, did some of these things and, and made it look just seamless because they were aware and smart enough to know my goalkeeper is gone. I got to go cover. And in this case, he turns out to be a hero. And um, we put a picture up on our Instagram where he's clearing the ball in the background, the MasterCard um, advertisement <laughs> is going on, on on the board and it says priceless. And, and it is a priceless moment, but he's also a priceless player. And let's not forget, we signed him for absolutely nothing. Yeah, and you referred to John Terry and Ashley Cole, Rahul. They were doing this at 24 and 25 years old. He is 37 years old. 17 at mine, but 37 at body. So, again, another wonderful moment. I think the only major thing that may have happened in that first half, other than that, was N'Golo Kante picks up a knee injury, uh, hobble, hobbles off, and then we have Ruben Loftus-Cheek coming in. I think it was in the 35th, 36th minute, something like that, and... Uh, Caps a great first half display, Chelsea dominant. And uh, it's interesting that I'm repeating that because it's against Juventus who, yes, they've not been the best in in the Serie A, but you look at them and you look at their squad and you go, boy, that is a pretty strong squad. And we played them off the park in all fairness in that first half. Now, uh, take us through the second half, my friend. It's more of the same, pretty much. We came out with a plan. We wanted to get the second uh, Reese James tested Chesney pretty early. Chesney pulled, pulled off his save. Um, but again, we we opened up the play, allowed Reese James to be free. A cross comes in. He chested down into his path. And the next next move is basically this, the, the save that he got from Chesney. This time around, Reese James just swung his leg through it. And that ball just, just rifled it. When that ball settled in the back of the net, I could have sworn I saw steam coming off of it because this boy, he smashed it as hard as he could through there. And it was a good finish, a little bit under pressure, not too bad. But for me, the way he controlled that on his chest and took it forward, that's a proper striker's control there. I'm, say I'm saying we've had some injury problems and we've been playing a false nine. Maybe Reese can go up and fill up that. We said that about Ben Chilwell. We said that about a few of our players this season. But that's great to see is that they figured out that we can get goals from all around the pitch. And so if we're missing a key individual, whether that be Werner, whether that be Lukaku, find space, find the right guys who can really kick a ball as hard as they can. And that's all you got to do. Kick it hard, put it on target, and the goals will come. But take nothing away from the finish. Beautiful, red-hot form from this guy. I think he's our top goal scorer right now as well. He is. And you said put him in strike. I I leave him where he is because <laughs> he's doing enough damage from, from that right wing back position. 
and he scores and he's almost just like like when in his celebration he's like what did you expect i was i was always gonna score um and that's the confidence of this man he's again he's another young player that came through on the lampard in that first season last season was still working his way obviously earning the trust of lampard and then tuchel but this season he's just just taking it another level and, and added goals. Like you said, he's our highest goal scorer, um, five goals and five assists in all competitions for Chelsea. Uh, one of only two players in Europe, at least from the Premier League, to have those kind of stats uh, and the other being Mo Salah. And, and we've heard all the praises and accolades going to Mo Salah. So I think all of those should be showered upon Reese James. We do it, but I think everyone needs to recognize what he's doing right now. Yeah, in terms of attacking talent, I think you've put him right in a group of good company there with Mohamed Salah. And just want to circle back to the celebration. I think that celebration, the word you chose was excellent for it, is confidence. When the ball smashed itself in, he didn't have that. And this doesn't mean he wasn't happy, but he didn't have that overjoyed celebration. Because the confidence in himself is that when that ball lands there, I knew I was going to score it. It was that. That's me. I'm doing that these days. I'm going to continue. And And I hope for Chelsea's sake and for his sake, this continues for the next few months, even the year where he can really build onto it because we've had some amazing right backs, right wing backs of the Chelsea club over many, many years. He's very young and I, and I don't want to make a bold prediction there, but he can definitely claim or make a quick claim to eventually be, eventually be maybe one of the best right backs we've ever seen. Similar to what we've said about Ashley Cole for generations, one of the best left backs that's ever played for Chelsea he gives me that kind of feeling. So I wish him all the best and, and more to come from Reese. Long may continue because we're enjoying every minute of it. And it's not even just the goals, right? The goals are beautiful. They add to everything, but even just everything that he does on the pitch, on the defensive side and midfield and obviously an attack is just filled with confidence. And it's filled with the, the characteristic or the idea that I am not going to get beat by the opposition player. And if I do, I'm going to go back and win that ball. And, and that's what you want to see. And last season, we said Mason Mount's kind of putting the performances to be a captain. I think Reese James, you've you got to give yeah. him the same shout. That's very, very fair analysis. And that just shows, you know, the Cobham boys are, are doing what they need to do to potentially take Chelsea forward for the next few years to come. And sticking a Cobham boys, another one gets a goal for the third one, and that's Hudson Adore, right? Yep, three minutes later, it's 3-0. And, and like you said, the third goal comes from Hudson-Odoi. Uh, but this goal, the build-up, you've got to look at Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who had come on, like you said, for Conte in that first half. Um, he dribbled, he drove, he did everything in that in that move. He got a 1-2, I believe, back to him. He gets into the box and then looks up and sees Hudson-Odoi pretty much by himself and lays it to him and, and Hudson-Odoi shoots and I think the commentator said Chelsea have walked this ball into the net. Uh, and that was the confidence brimming through the whole squad. And, and Juventus were just shocked. They didn't know what had hit them. In the last episode, I think I highlighted Ruben's game style or game play as how he is so composed on the ball. He has nifty footwork. He has physicality and Walking the ball in is probably the best way to describe that because he had the ball for a good 30, 45 seconds, not in the 18-yard bark, but but on the penalty spot. And he's dribbling between three or four guys, keeping the ball. And you're, you're wondering, where does this confidence come from? Look, they deserve to have that confidence. But you talk about Ruben, 
And, and we've highlighted this game after game, episode after episode, where he comes in and he puts in an amazing shift. And you go, last season, he was battling relegation. The seasons before that, he was in an injury table for the whole year. He did have a great season under Mauricio Sarri, but now it's like he came back and he's he's putting another claim saying, look how confident I am, look how composed I am. And look, we said many things about Mason Mount. We said many things about other players against Norwich, against lesser opposition. But we're playing Juventus today. And he's doing this against, you've got the likes of Bonucci, you've got the likes of De Ligt, you've got Chesney, and he's just walking in there and says, oh, here's my buddy uh, Hudson Adoy here. Let me just put this on a silver platter for you, tap it in. And that's where I want to heap that praise on Ruben because I think the composure is what's excellent to see. Yeah, you, you've touched on everything that was great about that move. And then Hudson Adoy finishes it, and, and it's three in under an hour of, of Champions League football where most of us are predicting 2 0, 1 0, 2 1. Um, I won't even touch on your prediction because I know where that came from and, and we can touch on that when we do the, the Manchester United prediction. Um, but 4-0 and, and I guess at that point 3-0 and you're thinking, well, we needed two to go top of the table. This really solidifies what we need uh, in terms of capturing that first spot. And it really could have been more. I think Chesney kept them in it the was. game. Um, and La Cobham rules and, and riots over Juventus with Chaloba, Reese James, Hudson Adoy. Chaloba is 22, Reese James is 21, and I believe Hudson Adoy is, is 20 or 21 too. So we for years said we need a spine, we need players, we need guys that are Chelsea and they understand what it means. And these guys joined the club when they were six, seven, eight, and here they are a decade or, or a little bit over a decade later, scoring at the highest level, bleeding blue like we say and, and making us proud and and I'm excited for the next 10 years to see what these guys do and achieve with this squad and team got me a little bit emotional there talking about <laughs> being there since six seven look you're, you're spot on you've got Ruben losses cheek who's 25 he's been there for a long time Mason Mount who's been there since he's seven or eight been there for a long time We've had pictures of Christian Pulisic wearing a Chelsea jersey when he was young. So, you know, somewhere along the line, he's got some blue blood going through him. So, look, I get what you're saying. It makes a lot of sense. And then you talk about that 3-0 job done, finishing it off. Typically in the last earlier part of the season, I will say, we don't kill off games or we're not ruthless. Yeah, You said toothless earlier in this, this part. We're not ruthless. But then Timo Werner comes in and shows that ruthlessness of getting to the final edge to get that fourth goal. And he has a tap-in in the 94th minute from a beautiful cross coming from the left wing. And it, and it just shows they're all in sync. They're all ready to go. We were concerned about goals coming, hence my nail-nail. We'll talk more about that later. And, and here it goes uh, as a beautiful finish from him as well. He deserves it as well. He's won that struggle so far this season. But the pieces are coming together. I don't want to get too excited. We did have a, a little injury in that second half as well. Ben Chowell comes off. Uh, with another injury, which is is a bit of a pity to see there. But uh, overall, I, I don't know what more to say, Rahul, about the game. I think maybe one quick question for you. Were we that good or were Juventus just poor on the day? In the past, you've asked me this question and I've said it's got to be a little bit of both. I think we were just exceptional tonight. Uh, we had the right mentality. We had the right aggression. Uh, the goals came when, in, at the right times. And like I said, we could have scored a few more. Um, we didn't, but we didn't really need to. 
And and that's that's the beauty of it is we win four nil and we sit here and say, well, it could have been six, could have been seven, but it doesn't matter because four nil giving Juventus their biggest defeat in the Champions League or their biggest defeat since two thousand four is I'm more than happy right now. Now again, we know there's tougher battles to come. Juventus haven't been the team that we know they can be. We touched on it in the last episode. They're struggling in Serie A. They're different in the Champions League, but today we showed them that we are the best team in the best league in the world. Well said. I don't think I have to top that off with anything. Last question, maybe before we roll off of Juventus. Man of the match for you, sir. Uh, last season, I was picking Mason Mount. This season, I've moved on to Beast James, and <laughs> it just seems like I can just leave him as my man of the match for a few games. Good shot. I'll pick him as well. I'll give a special mention to Callum hudson Adoy. I thought he was brilliant as well. So, Good good game overall. Any facts you can share with us with Tinkerman Tuchel? I know you have some information for us on him. Yes, so this was his 50th game in charge of Chelsea in all competitions. He joined us back in January, as, as we all know. Uh, he's now won 32 out of those 50 games, drawing 11 and losing just to 7. Um, and in those 50 games, Chelsea have kept 31 clean sheets and um, conceded only 24 goals. So that's basically a goal every other game. That is some amazing stats. I mean, you talk about the Chelsea of Mourinho's era where we conceded just 14 goals in a Premier League season. And you look at this and you go, he's really setting that defensive solid line that we, Chelsea are well known for, by the way, speaking defensively solid. So it's it's nice to see and it's, impressive to hear those stats and again i hope it continues because a lot of uh a lot of trophies can be won on on great defensive records and then now that we're banging in the goals again don't want to get too ahead of myself i think it's a good day it's a good week it's a good month but we'll just stay focused and see how things go from here and i think he said it too he said now's the time to enjoy this we have the day off tomorrow in terms of the squad but we can get carried away we have a test coming up against on the weekend and it's just November. We we were here last November talking about a 4-0 win against Sevilla. <laughs> and we know how that turned sour over the next couple of months before it got better. So nothing can be taken for granted. And, and Tuchel, I think, knows that. And, and the players know that too. So that's the best part of it is they seem focused and, and want to get to the heights of winning a Premier League or going further in the Champions League. And, and that's all that we can ask for. Well said. All right. Let's move into the game that we're all anticipating next, and that's the Manchester United preview. Ole's not at the wheel. Michael Carrick, fresh off a win for Manchester United. Rahul, let's do something fun. How about a combined 11 between Chelsea and Manchester United? Let's do it. Carrick's at the wheel. Carrick is at the wheel. Who do you go in goal? You got Mendy or you've got De Gea? De Gea has been good. But you just got to look at how many goals Mendy's conceded um, and the saves that he's pulled off. You just There's only one winner here, and it's it's Edouard Mendy. Okay. Uh, for the interest of this debate, let's stick with the 3-4-2-1. Who is your back three? Um, I mean, I think when we decided to do this, we just said in general, keeping aside form and um, injuries. So in that case, I would go with Espelicueta. Uh, even though he's been a little bit out of out of the team right now, I think he's solidified his legacy and his um, position in this combined eleven. Okay, who else you're going with? Aspiliqueta in the back three. 
Thiago Silva and Rudiger. Wow. So you've gone all Chelsea in the back three in our combined 11 over here. I mean, yeah, because I, I don't <laughs> trust Harry Maguire. Um, I don't trust Lindelof and I don't trust Bailly. Uh, there's one name that, that may come up as a potential here, and I'll let you let you bring that up. Yeah, Rafael Varane. Rahul, I'm surprised that he's not made your back three. And look, I love Aspiliqueta. I'll call him Dave all day long. However, as much as it hurts me deep in my heart, I think we have to find a way for Rafael Varane to make it in the squad. Now, look, he's not necessarily played enough games this season. He's been out with injury, but when he has played, he's looked real solid. And based on solidifying a legacy, I think he has solidified a legacy as a, as a World Cup winner, multiple Champions Leagues. I mean, leadership experience. I love Aspilicueta, but I'm going to have to squeeze Varane's name in there. You can disagree with me all you want. That's fine. But let's give him a little shout and let him have a chance in this back three alongside Thiago Silva and Rudiger. All I'll say is it's a Premier League combined <laughs> 11. He may have done all those great things in, in the Champions League and the World Cup, but in the Premier League, he plays for a team that's sitting 12, 13 points below us. Those jabs are coming very early today. In the interest of keeping time, let's not argue over the right center back. Let's move into the, the midfield and the wing backs. Uh, who do you have a right wing back? There's only one man. <laughs> and it's Beast James. I mean, we... United don't even have anyone that compares or comes anywhere close to Reese James. So it's got to be Reese James at midfield. It's got to be Angolo Conte. Um, I went with Pogba just because of the relationship that Conte and Pogba have. I think that would be good. Um, nothing against what our midfield offers. We're great. We're champions of Europe, but just keeping things a little interesting. And then on the left wing back, it's got to be Ben Cholo. No Luke Shaw making the left wing back? Nope. He's, he's called Roberto Carlos for a reason, isn't he? It's probably because they look alike and, and Roberto Carlos <laughs> is like over 40 years old. All right. The jabs continue rolling on here from Rahul. Obviously, he's not a fan other than Ben Chilwell today, so we're good there. Uh, front three, let's start with the two behind the striker. Who do you have? I'm going to go with Pulisic. And again, we're saying it's, it's an overall, not just based on them this season. So Pulisic and Bruno Fernandez. Okay. Uh, I, I've called him Fernandez in the past, but we've seen that when things are going well for him, he offers goals. And, and um, in this formation, goals from that position are, are uh, equally important. So Pulisic and Bruno. A lot of big names you have left out there. You've got the likes of Mason Mount. Yes, he's not been on form. Kai Havertz, Timo Werner, Hakim Ziyech. And that's just on the Chelsea side. I'm looking at Marcus Rashford. Mason Greenwood, Donny van de Beek. Of course, he's not played so many minutes, but big, big names that none of them can break into those two. I mean, if you squeeze my arm <laughs> and remind me that I've left out Mason Mount, Havertz, I could drop Bruno Fernandez for them. <laughs> um, but I, I'm just trying to be fair, and I, I think Bruno has proved, at least in the Premier League, with his goals and his performances that uh, in a combined 11, he should be in there. But I, I love our guys. I, I don't want anyone <laughs> to think I'm against them. <laughs> no, look, that's a tasty two behind the striker then. Bruno and Pulisic, a lot of movement, a lot of chips, a lot of goals to come. Speaking of goals, the final name that needs to get your final striker, who's that going to be? 
it hurts me to say this, but I have to go with Ronaldo because that man can get a goal at any moment in any game against any opposition. It hurts me to say this too, but I will have to agree with you. You know, Ronaldo seems to be the player that comes in handy whenever you need him. He can score from a right leg, left leg, free kick, penalty, header. He's probably one of the most ultimate players that could squeeze out Lukaku or even Timo Werner or Rashford or anybody else. So good shout there. So that's that's a pretty strong combined 11. It's heavily Chelsea-weighted from what you've told me here. I'm okay with that, but let the listeners tell us. Maybe we'll put something up on Instagram to look at a combined 11 and see what everybody has to say. Yeah, we can put this up there and... and... I will deactivate my personal account. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We'll we'll see what our listeners think, and it should be should be some good insight from them too. So um, let's let's do a regular Chelsea eleven that we think will start against Manchester United. Mendy and goal, obviously. Back three, who are you going with? I think the back three that have played the last two games continue. And Chaloba, Thiago Silva, and Rudiger. They've they've been solid. They've done everything right. Scored goals, um, and so I think those three. Uh, continue fair enough and then you're going for midfield and wingback pairings of yeah based on injury uh, I don't know if Conte or Chilwell will be ready I mean there's still a few days to go so maybe that will change but just based off injuries I'm gonna go with Reese James Ruben Loftus-Cheek Jorginho and I think uh, Marcus Golonzo comes back (laughs) another one who gets a goal whenever he's playing so good to see a two behind the striker uh, I think Hudson Adoy again, like we said, he's he's forced Tuchel to keep him in that spot. Um, so he plays. I think Pulisic continues uh, from the starting at least in in that attacking. And then I think um, since Pulisic is going to drop a little bit, I say deeper, but he's still playing an attack that leaves the striker position open. And unfortunately, Lukaku didn't get some minutes yet. Um, so I'm going to go with Timo Werner. Okay, fair enough. I think it's a good team full of pace, full of energy. Uh, Hopefully it's one that can stand up to Michael Carrick's um, fresh Manchester United. Uh, Score prediction from you, sir. I Look, I'm aware of United and their threat. We've spoken about some of the players already. Uh, They're coming off of a good win against Villarreal. Michael Carrick will want to put his name out there uh, for kind of what they did with Ole. He, they brought him in for a short period and then hired him. So Michael Carrick will probably try to do that. And Chelsea are heavily favorites here. Uh, Anthony Taylor is the referee. So that's always a wild card. And, and he is from Manchester. So with all of that in mind, I was going to go for a 3-1, but I'm going to reduce that to a 2-1 for Chelsea. Okay, fair enough. My last few predictions have been interesting, Raul. I would go with low-scoring games, and we end up winning 4-0. That last one actually was a nil-nil draw, and we won 4-0. I'm going to go for another conservative 1-0 to Chelsea. And it seems like every time I am conservative, Chelsea actually come out and dismantle a team. And so with this 1-0 conservative choice that I'm going with, hopefully they can turn that to 6-7. I'm not trying to be cocky. I'm just being conservative. Like I said, 1-0. And we'll see how that game plays out. Hey, I mean, this game last season was nil-nil twice. So the goals should be coming, and hopefully they come in the fashion that you've just said with all of them (laughs) coming from our side. That would be something fun to watch, wouldn't it? 
It would. And, and I think that's the final game or one of the last games of the weekend. So we'll know if Man City have closed the gap, if Liverpool have closed the gap. And not that that's pressure, but it would always be nice for us to open that gap up uh, ending the weekend. So fingers crossed. Um, we should have a good game here. Absolutely. But before we wrap it up, um, just wanted to talk about the FIFA has announced the best men's and women's award nominees. And I wanted to touch on just some of the names for Chelsea. So on the men's side, Jorginho had a great season with Chelsea, had a great season with Italy. N'Golo Conte, again, played from uh, France and Chelsea. And on the women's side here, it's... um. I beg your pardon. Eduardo Mendy made it too. So that's three guys from the men's side. Uh, now we go on the women's side and there's uh, Ericsson, who's the captain, great player. Um, G, uh, Soon, Suyon is on there as well. She's good as well. Sam Kerr. Uh, I'm just reading off some of the names that, you know, we usually talk about on a daily basis. Um, we've got Berger, the goalkeeper, who's made it too. So those are some good players, but there's one name missing here and that's the name we've spoken about week after week we just did a portion on her in the last episode and that's Fran Kirby who doesn't make it on this list at all yeah shocking right 100 goals not out and can't seem to make it onto this list but it's one of those things Rahul I'm sure they're looking at all different things some of our big players on there Sam Kerr have made it as well so while it's difficult to swallow, I think it's one of those things where I think she will be proud of what she's achieved so far this season and, and maybe bounce on from there. Yeah, I mean, like players say, individual awards don't really mean much, but for a team that won the WSL, won the Conti Cup, uh, made it to the Champions League final, and she was crucial in all of that. So it's, it's a little bizarre and mind-blowing that she's just been left off. Um, but both our managers, Emma Hayes and Thomas Tuchel, have made... Uh, the shortlist for the manager side of this. So congratulations to all the nominees. But uh, if anyone from FIFA is listening, we'd love an explanation <laughs> on, on why Fran Kirby was snubbed. That would be nice to get FIFA to respond to us, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would. I'll, I'll see what I can do here. There you go. <laughs> um, but that wraps it up, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Please continue to subscribe, like, and follow us. It's at the Premier Chels on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Instagram. Uh, and on Twitter, it's at Premier Chels. Uh, and as always, send us your feedback. Uh, we'll be doing a bunch of things building up to the game on our Instagram. So uh, do follow us if you don't already. And we will be back later uh, this week or early next week with a new episode. But until then, stay safe and up the Chels.